0: Let's pray. Uh, We're just so grateful, Lord, for your provision in our lives. God, the abundance that you have blessed us with. We, We pray on this day for those that are lacking, especially even as we receive an offering as a church. We pray that the ministry and the work of Crossroads Church would continue to go forth, that the gospel would be proclaimed clearly, and we pray for our friends. Uh, that maybe have gone through um, some kind of financial stress over these months. Um, We just bless them. We pray, God, for miracles to happen in the lives of families and individuals. And we're grateful, God, um, that your people, uh, and uh, as they generously share in offering, God, that you do miracles through that. So we pray, even for the food pantry tomorrow. Thank you, God, for the provision to be able to help uh, those that are um, lacking when it comes to food resources and other resources. So help us, God. Help us use every dollar and penny that comes in for your glory. And we give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Don. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, have you ever found yourself stuck in the middle of something and you weren't sure uh, what to do? Like, how do I get out of it? It's, it's human nature for, for all of us to avoid certain things that we don't dislike, right? It's our nature to try to get out of things that we don't like. Like, it's our nature for some of us to not eat vegetables. So we, we avoid vegetables at all costs. We may avoid onions uh, at all costs. Uh, We avoid things like dentists or doctors, some of us. Some of us avoid exercise, amen? Some of us avoid homework. Some of us avoid snakes. Some of us avoid avoid tarantulas or spiders. Some of us, because we dislike mice, we avoid mice. Some of us don't like flying mice, which are called bats, so we avoid those at all costs. But what do we do? when uh, we're in the middle of something that we can't just avoid, that we really live there. The Scripture has so much wisdom to give, especially in the book of Acts, when it comes to being in circumstances and situations that are disliked. Uh, We pick up this morning in the book of Acts, chapter 14, and what we have seen up till this point is the church starts in the book of Acts, chapter 2. And we've been doing this journey, and amazing, miraculous things are happening. They continue to happen. Those are things we like. Those are the things we embrace. We celebrate. There's people by the thousands that are giving their life to Christ at this point in the church. But then persecution begins, and it begins to be very intense. And by the time we're in Acts, chapter 14 persecution is one of those things that the church is in the midst of, and they're uncomfortable with it, and they don't like it, but they are living in the middle of that. Do you ever feel like you're stuck in the middle of something with other people? I think we're all relating to that right now. So in Acts chapter 14, we pick up the story. Now Saul, uh, Paul, and Barnabas have begun to travel. They are kind of on missionary journeys. They're going out. They're planting churches. There's miracles happening in their ministry, and they come to a place outside of Jerusalem. They are now outside of Jerusalem, and they are going around the known world at that point, sharing the gospel. And this is where we pick it up. It says, so Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, uh, in Iconium is what they're speaking about here, speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Everyone say divided. Divided. Some sided with the Jews and others with the apostles. Let me give you a little backdrop here. So what's happening is they're going into the synagogues, they're preaching. Some of the Jews are becoming Christ followers. Some of the Jews are not becoming Christ followers. So there's a lot of... There's a lot of tension there and there's persecution that's happening. So there's a split that happens here in Iconium. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and the Jews together with their leaders to mistreat them. So there's a plan to mistreat at the highest level Paul and Barnabas. Now they're used to that. So then the book of Acts goes on, and there's, there's miracles that start to happen. Paul and Barnabas get out of the direct persecution. But after some other miracles that happen, and I just encourage you to read 14, they come to this place of intense persecution. They travel about, and they come back. And we pick it up at the end of Acts 14, or near the end, verse 21. It says this, And they return, speaking of Barnabas, And Paul, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to their faith. And this is what they said, and this is a powerful scripture for us. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Now, their avoidance isn't about anything at all except their proclaimers of the gospel, it's all around their relationship with Jesus, it's not around anything else. There's been conversations about food, there's been conversations about the way they should dress and all these other things, but what they are literally willing to give their life for and go through hardships for is for entering the kingdom of God. See, some things, avoiding some things won't ever hurt us. It won't hurt us, for instance, to avoid movies that are scary, right? It doesn't hurt you. As a matter of fact, it probably would help you to avoid scary movies, But what do we do when we're in the midst of something that we can't avoid? Like as we were praying for the offering, what about the people in the last several months that have lost their job? They haven't been able to avoid that, or they're short on money. There's a loss of money in this season, or a loss of opportunities. All of us can relate to the fact that there's been lost opportunities in the last several months. What about those things you can't avoid, like lost contact with people in a direct way, in the way that you want? Or what about... That you're alone more than you want to be alone. Or how about those of us or those in the in the group that would say, I'm not alone enough. Like there's too much. You know, I, was, uh, I heard one mom uh, about a month ago, it was her birthday, and she had said, what I want for my birthday, I know that my husband and kids all want to be with me on my birthday. I always love that. But for this birthday, I'd like to be by myself because you've all been around too much. So anyway, we can relate to some of these things that we can't avoid. How about those that are homeschooling for the first time? I mean, maybe you wanted to avoid it, but you can't avoid it. You're in the middle of it. Claire and I can relate. We did the homeschooling until our kids were revolting, and, you know, there was going to be an overthrow in our house, so we sent them to real education. Uh, not that homeschooling isn't real education, but our homeschooling was a different brand. Anyway... So this little boy, age 11, this is what he's saying about his homeschooling experience. Things are not going good. My mom is getting stressed out. My mom is really getting confused. We took a break so my mom could figure all this work out. I'm telling you, things are not going good. He would love to avoid homeschooling, but he's in it. And you know, what I find about avoidance is sometimes when it comes to Scripture, We can avoid certain scriptures. How about scriptures like when Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Well, that's fine when tomorrow looks good, but there's really times I'd like to avoid that scripture. There's times when I think, Jesus, do you really know what my tomorrow has in store? Maybe when you gave that blanket statement for all of us that you weren't really sure. But we all know that I would be a fool or you would be a fool to avoid that instruction by Jesus because Jesus said it and Jesus is with us and Jesus comforts us how about people in the scripture like James now James is a prominent figure in the book of Acts and he's kind of a prominent figure in a backdrop way see because James is now the pastor of the church in Jerusalem where the church started Peter because of persecution has left Jerusalem Paul is not in Jerusalem but James is left there for 30 years. It will ultimately be 30 years and he will give his life for his faith. And James, the brother of Jesus, who gave his life to Jesus as Lord and Savior after the resurrection, James is surrounded by and responsible as a leader for a community in crisis. He is the leader of the church in Jerusalem And it is the epicenter, one of the epicenters of the persecution, and specifically the persecution of Jews that had become Christians, which was pretty much most of his church that he was pastoring. Literally, Paul and Barnabas at this point are out evangelizing and planting churches But one of the things that Paul does in his missionary journeys that can be easily forgotten is Paul is constantly raising money. Constantly raising money for the church in Jerusalem. Because of persecution and lack and crisis in the midst of the church, there was a lack. And Paul, because they were persecuted intensely, the Jews that had become Christ followers especially, Paul was trying to raise money so that they could just continue to be the church that they were called to be. And this is what James says, a familiar portion of Scripture. I've kind of rewritten this so I believe it's a little more literal to our understanding and to our situation today. But James, in the midst of that, writes this profound Scripture in the book of James chapter 1. And this is what James says in the midst of a situation that cannot be avoided. Whenever you face trials of many kind, consider it pure joy, my, brother, or my sisters and brothers. You know that the testing of your faith will expose the authenticity of your faith. Andy Stanley puts it this way. He says, when circumstances deteriorate, artificial, counterfeit, and what's in it for me faith... Deteriorates right along with it. Let me say it again. When circumstances deteriorate, artificial and counterfeit and what's in it for me faith deteriorate, deteriorates right along with it. There are two things we can be sure when James is speaking that are not authentic faith. One is authentic faith is not how I get God to do stuff for me. That is not authentic faith. And also, authentic faith is not a superpower that only super-privileged people have afforded to them. Authentic faith is a gift given to anyone who's willing to open their life to the faith in God. By, By paying attention to James' words and paying attention to how Paul and Barnabas are acting here in Acts chapter Uh, 14, we can see that there's a couple of things authentic faith is. Now, there's more things authentic faith is, but for sure we know this. Authentic faith is a confidence in God, a a resolved confidence in God. And it is also my response, and authentic faith is my response and your response to God's promises for our life. That's authentic faith. James goes on. And this is what he says. He says, "Your faith will expose the uh, the testing of your faith will expose the authenticity of your faith, and the testing of your faith will produce perseverance." You can insert strength there. You could could insert endurance there. You could insert long suffering there. And then he says this. He says, "And let perseverance finish its work." I love the verbiage here. The language is powerful. If you're an athlete, you should be able to really relate to it. But I think we can all relate to it. When James says, let perseverance finish its work, he's literally saying, stay in the gym. Don't leave early. Don't walk out mid-workout. Stay till the end. To persevere is wait till the work of God is complete in you. Not not try to avoid the work of God in you, but to stay with it and let it be complete. And then he says this, he says, So you will have grown-up faith, mature faith, lacking in nothing. Now we all know this. The most attractive faith to all of us when we look at one another is when we see an authentic faith that has persevered through difficulty. The heroes of our faith, we make movies about this. We tell stories about this. It's those people that stay in the gym no matter how intense it gets. And that is the call for the church in this hour, I believe fully. It's not our job to avoid being in the middle of what's going on right now. It's our job to stay in the gym and become mature, faith-filled people lacking in nothing. So I want to take us back as I pull this together, just this question. And it's simply this. Are you... Considering your present circumstances with, as James says, as pure joy. Can we hear the words of James and let it settle into our spirit and say, my present circumstances are pure joy? Let me read it one more time, the first sentence. When you face trials of many kinds... Consider it pure joy, my sisters and brothers, because there is something that's happening in us. There is something powerful that's going on in our lives. So, Father, even now, we pray for an authentic faith. We pray, God, for a mature faith, for a growing faith. Help us to stay in the gym of faith. Help us to get to the other side of whatever our present circumstances are and look like the people that you want us to look like. Do your work in us, God. And Father, as circumstances change, as circumstances change in the world, as circumstances change in our own individual life, we'll celebrate that. We'll be so grateful for that. But God, we want to get to that place when you shift the season here. And we want to look like the people and the church that you have called us to be. I especially pray today for those that do not know you, God. I pray even on this day that they would open up their life to you, that they would open up their life to an authentic faith, that in the midst of the chaos of their own life or the difficulty of their own life, that they would turn to you and know that you are the only provision. That can carry any of us through the storms of life and give us a kingdom centered life. So I pray, God, for my friends that they would give their life to you even on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Take this fainted heart. Take. Painted again. Just say to God, that is the story I want, is that I will only sing your praise. That is the story that I desire, is that in the midst of all of life, that what comes out of my mouth is praise. And that in all of the things that we see as mountains and trials and testing, that we would only sing your praise. So just take a moment and look at your own heart and, um, and just see where you might wanna offer up praise instead of something else, where you actually have coming from your mouth right now instead of complaint or anger or frustration that what comes from your mouth right now is, God, I praise you for the test. Count it all joy, my sisters and brothers. Count it all joy. God, I want to count it joy that there is testing that causes this faith to be pure. And that in our perseverance, we're actually in solidarity with you. And that the image of Christ is coming more and more clear. So God, wherever I'm frustrated or angry or complaining, I just want to offer up praise to you right now. I want to say, I'll only sing your praise. I want to only sing your praise. I want to only sing your praise. So I'm thinking this week, you guys, um, maybe with those gratitude books, every time you want to complain, um, maybe write, I'll only sing your praise. Right? Or when you want to get frustrated that you just pick up the, the phone and call somebody and tell them what you want to praise God about. And I wonder, you know, I love this beautiful um, thought about we're being tested. And I do think about we're not in this passage yet, but when, you know, the, or maybe we were already there, I can't remember. But when the prison doors opened because praise was coming out at, at midnight, I just wonder if we silenced our complaints, if we might see some prison doors open if we actually silenced our complaining and let only praise come out, like if we might move more quickly toward um, our desired end, right? That what we're praying for. And so I just, um, I want to invite you guys just to do that this week. Get your gratitude journal. And every time you want to complain, write down a praise. And then the other thing I want to tell you is Scott and I, right now, we're about to record a, um, a, a message to our church family. And to let you know what God's been speaking to us, how we're moving forward. And that when people want to say to us, you know, if, if the church has faith, why don't we just, with reckless abandon, do whatever we want to do? And we want to say what God has specifically spoken to us that I want you, I want you to know it's taken more faith to do this for me than many other things that have ever happened in my life it's taken me more faith to be willing than to be willful so i just want to say you know we're gonna we're gonna give you a video we're asking all of our members please watch it and then call us you know, what I really appreciate are the people that have been willing to call us and say, hey, have you thought about this? You know, even as we were talking today, we said, you know, we've had masks on the whole time, and um, we were talking about how can we go forward? Like, we've set up the the auditorium like a cafe. It's going to be more like that. There's homemade donuts today. There's, there. It's going to continue to evolve as God intends, um, and we just want to say, um, can you trust us to be your leaders? And and it's okay if you need to pick another leader. We've said that through all the years. But, um, you know, Scott, you want to come up because we're going to do our video right as soon as this is over. We just want you to know, um, there. we've done things with fear and trembling and with great discernment with our elders who we've... We've had some great talks around the fire, even this week. And, uh, and, and I just want to say, we are not willing to disobey God in this moment. Even if it would be more convenient for us. Even if, you know, even if, even if, even if. We just want to follow and be faithful to what we believe God is speaking. So, you know, the thing that I love about Scott, Scott's the peacemaker type. And I'm the impatient, I want to get it done type. And, um, and I have to tell you, I thank God for this patient presence. And I know you thank God for my let's get it done presence. Because one of the things is, is together um, we've discovered some things. It was, it was fabulous. In our meeting this week, Don's an eight, Sarah's a two, Ryan's a five. And the three of them may, had a conversation that made Sarah cry but also made her want to stand up in the fight for the for those that are um, that are vulnerable, and we just said. So if you know the enneagram, you know that that two five eight is a fabulous uh, combination. That the three six nine Kelly, she just she raised some questions. Like she could excuse me just a minute, I have another question, and uh, and then and and it was like oh yeah we, we you know we we just had good fellowship. We had our. Our one, four, seven types, um, it embodied in like one human, like Charles. We can't figure out if he's a one of four or seven. It just depends on the day or the minute. And, and, and we just want to say we need the wisdom of God together. And so, will you pray for us that we will obey God? Will you pray for your pastors to obey God? Will you pray for us to listen to the words that are hard to hear and are willing to suffer? for those who are most vulnerable right now. Will you pray that we don't wimp out and do anything that isn't God's word for us in this moment? And um, and so I just thank you for being in the gym today. If you could stand with us, we're going to bless you. Thanks for getting a workout in your faith. Thanks for the, the people who were willing to be the guinea pigs in the in the room today as we figure out the best ways to be together. Um, the ways that we'll honor what we're being asked to do, uh, and, and so, amen. So, I don't know. What are you playing, Don? The blessing. The blessing. He's playing the blessing. So let's just put our hands out toward each other and toward the people who are online and let's sing this blessing over one another. Come on, let's bless one another with the favor. May God's favor be upon you and a thousand generations generations, and our families and and our children children, and their children and their children may God's presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. God is with you. Good morning, come on. donut. And with every bite, remember that the goodness of the Lord is with us. And, and so we love you. We bless you. Have an awesome week and uh, pray for you all week long. Oh, for everybody who has a sticky note prayer, just leave it on your table. We're going to put it on the prayer board when you go. And uh, may God be with you. And feel free to light a candle before you leave too.